Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Lima's out. He's away on paternity leave, so we have a special backroom edition of the emerging podcast scene. Magador head coach Matt Adorney joins us to talk about what's going on right now in Ohio high school football and the future of Ohio high school football, including a wild concept for certain high school programs. It's all during the emerging podcast scene, the backroom edition. Presented by Extend Technologies on 923thefan.com, the free Odyssey app, and 923thefan extra on the free Odyssey app. The first four hours were simply in a moose bouche. I'm stuffed. I can't remember the last time I ate this much. Sure, you don't want no dessert? Not for me. Yeah, I'm good. Your table is ready for Carmen and Lima's emerging podcast scene. We're brought to you by Extend Technologies. Is this what I really sound like? I sound like I'm like hollow. Yeah. Is that normal? You always have sounded hollow to me. Really? Does it sound normal through there? Of course. All right. Sounds weird in here. All right. This is like Lima's not here. So we're going to do one this Thursday today, and we're going to do another one next Thursday. I'm going to get an interview. I'm working. I got a couple of irons in the fire. So call this a chef's table, if you will. Is there another? The back room. Ah, okay. I get that. I like it. Yeah. Thought of that right off the top of my head. Uh, one of the things that you know I, I get on in a tangent about is some of the stuff going on with high school football. Uh, now that I've become more involved in high school football again because of Friday Night Touchdown on Fox 8, and uh, also because I'm, I'm involved in my yeah. son's youth football program. Axel's going to be there before you know it. Yes. You're well, already I mean, kind of, you're already playing tackle football at it. He's yes. in third grade, right? Yes. Yeah, so you've already done a year now, but man, I'm telling you, I have kids in high school, and I think back, we were just talking about the other day, Caden and I, like... I'm going to save these reels because one day he took a year off from football this year, but like one day he'll be back in it and we're going to need this for the mm-hmm. highlight videos for that Sunday night football package, right? <laughs> well, I, I, I've always said if he doesn't want to play, like I'm not, I do tell the guys in Streetsboro, I go, hey, if my son decides he doesn't want to play football, which he's obsessed, so I don't think that that's going to be a problem. At least as of right now, at least right. leading up to it. It depends but, what else catches his attention yeah, in the next few years. But I said if he if he decides he doesn't want to play football, like I'm out. No, I'm out. So right. you can count on me as long as he plays, but if he's not going to play. Think that's understood from most people. Now, you're in a different spot because you do have a little bit. You have the ability with the jobs that you yeah. hold to influence things for well, for the better of street yeah. football right now. If, I, like if, if Axel decided he didn't want to play and I could still make a phone call and help some people, then I will. But right. because Axel, and I love football, because Axel's playing and I want the best for him, and I'm fully willing to admit he is a effort player as an eight-year-old. Got to have him. Yeah, not a talent player. I, they, they, I don't. I don't have any visions of grandeur for him. This is a long way to ex- explain it. Uh, the last five, six years now, I've kind of opened my eyes to where high school football is going. And one of the people that I talk to a lot and I trust is uh, the head coach at Mogador High School, which is Matt Adorney, who's done it for a while. I mean, he's played 
at Magador. Now he's the head coach at Magador, and he joins us right now. I would say, I, I would assume that this is on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram hotline. Yeah, we'll call it that. But he is also uh, presented. We are presented by Extend Technology. So without further ado, here's Coach Matt Adorney. Coach, thanks for joining us today. Uh, good morning. He has no idea what I'm going to ask him. So he has. No. you're going to be... I want to see you get wild. I want to hear you get crazy. I want to hear something that we can play later on on Fox 8. <laughs> I don't know about that, but we'll see. Um, one of the things that I think has concerned me over the last, uh, honestly, over the last five, six years have been numbers. And uh, the numbers going down. Like we, we tell tales of the way it was back in the early 2000s where I think we would start with 80 or 90 and practices were kind of designed to weed people out because it's like, do we really want to carry 90 kids here and have to pay the freight on a budget of 90 in a public school? Or, And so, yeah, practices were very, very difficult because you would have a host of kids quit and then uh, you would get it whittled down to about 70, 75, somewhere in there, and uh, you could kind of deal with that. Now it's changed. Now this is the high school I went to, which at the time was D1, now it's D2. Uh, you are from Mogador, Coach, so it's it's different for you. What are you seeing now across Northeast Ohio and the numbers for high school football? You know, so I come from a you know a small school uh, angle, but you know we always had you know we're kind of renowned for the numbers that we would get. And you know, I just completed my twentieth year as head coach, been around the program for you know as a coach for almost thirty now. And uh, it was not uncommon when I first started this for us to be up around sixty, sixty-five kids and. You know, now we're at a point where we're going to be really happy if we can get 40. And uh, it's really changed, like you said, in the last five or six years. I think you've seen that throughout the area. Even some places, uh, we used to play a team from down on the Ohio River called Shadyside. Uh, proud football town, multiple state uh, title trips over the years. And I think they've been around 19, 20 kids the last uh, few seasons. Why do you think that is? I mean, because the reason I the reason I like talking to you is because you know, Magador, a lot of people. It's again, it's a very small community, but anybody who's anybody in Northeast Ohio knows anything about high school football knows about the Magador football program. Depending on what age they are, I don't think that even matters. So, why do you think that that's become the way it is? You know, several reasons. Obviously, ones that probably people you know know the the concussion. Uh, movie and the talk about that years ago, I think has played a, a role. Um, I don't think we can sell short COVID and, and kind of what it did uh, not to turn this political or anything, but just the whole experience with COVID. And I think some kids that began to sit out sports for whatever reason, or had to sit out sports. Some did not come back. Um, you know, I could go on and on. We, 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 we put a lot of pressure on these young athletes now uh, kids are doing far more than they used to, not just in football. You know, football, um, I, I believe, is still the sacred cow. It's, it's sacred because we, we only do it once a week, and we really only do it in the fall, um, which is why I'm not so sure I'm big on spring football, but that's a different conversation. But it is still the sacred thing where, you know, my kids, I have four boys, they're all involved in things. I mean, there's just so much gameplay today, you know, basketball and baseball and um, kids are specializing, which is an aspect of this. You know, you're probably seeing sports, uh, a couple different sports go down with the, the, the numbers that are coming out because of specialization. I think those are all ones that are pretty obvious. I think another interesting one, my line coach that was with me for 19 years, taught in an adjacent school that was a little lower income. And, you know, he used to tell me it, it was going to be coming because of, of home finance and uh, 
the fact that a lot of kids are working today. A lot of kids are working jobs. We know that. Uh, and, you know, he always said that in some communities, the, you know, the parents buy the iPhones. But in other communities, the kids, you know, they, have, they want the iPhone. They want the fancy clothes, the nice shoes, which are outrageous, as you're finding out in sports. You know, sometimes they have to work for them. So it becomes this really difficult, uh, you know, uh, conflict between do I, do I go out and play sports or, or do I just go get this job so I can have and enjoy these other things that other kids have. Coach Matt Adorney joining us from Magador High School. How how can we not attack, but how can I address each one of those things? Let me start with first the concussions because I, I asked some high school coaches even last week because I've been kind of put into I've been kind of put into a spot where I I almost recruit some of the kids and you end up recruiting mom and dad just like you know anybody would whether in high school and college or whatever and they see the same thing and I. I feel that if I say, well, you know, soccer tends to lead with concussions. Yeah. It's not football. That just seems to be like I'm pushing blame to someone else, and that seems to be a turnoff. What do I say to mom? What I say to mom is we are way better at dealing with concussions than we were when I started 20 years ago. We, we treat them better medically. We have better equipment to make it safer. Uh, you know, we have trainers on the sidelines and doctors and things that maybe we didn't used to always have. And, you know, it's not even a question anymore, at least on our sideline. I mean, if a kid takes a big hit, that trainer is usually out to him before I could even get there. And, um, and that's, that's healthy. That's healthy for the game. Uh, and I believe if we can, you know, continue to try to prove that we are putting a healthier product out there, the game's still going to be physically, physical and violent, but we are identifying things. We are, taking precautions better, uh, you know, and they're coming up with more and more, uh, you know, data about concussions and protocols. They even kind of changed the protocol this year where they used to tell kids to kind of sit in the dark and, you know, don't look at, at, at lights and things for a day. And they're even now starting to, to understand that, well, maybe it's better to get them moving a little bit, not to necessarily put them back on the field faster, but just uh, just the treatment. It's just, you know, we're doing a better job as a society with concussions, probably since all the attention was, was brought to the issue. Coach, what do we do about specialization? I, I, I think that it's – I get bothered by it because I think it's something that a lot of people – a lot of guys say, oh, yeah, specialization's terrible in, until it affects their sport, and then all of a sudden it's like, well, can we get them out and just make sure they play baseball or basketball? And the, the spring football thing, you know, that's an interesting thing that you bring up because I know that you don't really like it, but I think some people have looked at it as a way to fight fire with fire almost. Well, absolutely. I think it, I don't think it's a one size fits all, right? I think at a place like here, where you know I, I have three fourths of my team is in a winter sport right now, um, and we'll probably have close to that high a number sixty five, seventy percent of the kids are going to be in a spring sport. I do believe there are places that are way different than us that, that you know still have the ninety to hundred man rosters, and I and probably have you know well not probably they have more Division One type kids and, and they probably need spring football and it. And in, in, in what you said is correct. It probably helps, you know, fight fire with fire. I, I just, I look at some of the best kids we've had and they've been multi-sport guys. Uh, one guy that I just put in division one, my only division one player, he played all three sports all the way up. And, and interestingly, that was one of the things Ohio university loved about him was the fact that he played multiple sports, competed different ways, but it's hard to get parents to see that in it. And it becomes easy in a way to, to just kind of go down that track of just specializing, you know, whether it's just baseball and, and, and following this one coach around, and it's it's very you know consistent and comfortable. What is the attitude of parents? And I, the reason I ask that because the specialization thing, 
I, I've had a couple of contentious relations or, or conversations. I have a buddy who is an, who is a major league baseball scout, and he coaches kids privately, and he's going, "Why are you playing football? You ain't gonna go. You ain't gonna go pro in football." I'm like, "Are they really gonna go pro in baseball? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Are we doing this?" And yeah. like, he will try to dissuade kids from playing football. Like, you're just gonna get hurt. It doesn't help your baseball. What are you doing? I'm going. I can do the same thing in baseball if I wanted to do for the football side of things. And I want to know, like, do, do the parents, you know, do they do they think that specialization is the key? Do they think it almost is it competitive between the parents? If I don't specialize my kid, if I don't have them play travel sports, is it a conversation of if I don't love oh. them enough or something? Oh, sure. I, I, I definitely think that pressure is there to, uh, you know, maybe try to put your eggs in one basket and get behind it and feel like you're doing all that you can for this kid, you know, for the, for the potential down the road. I, I think an interesting side note to this, and I'm sure you've seen the data here on Twitter is a lot of the, the medical data that's starting to come out by some really renowned, you know, doctors and physicians that sports specialization is, is worse for the body. And, and they're starting to see more injuries from only specifically training for one sport. I think it's kind of, and it could even be football, but it's just kind of an interesting uh, stuff that's coming from the medical world right now in this perspective. So you've spoken a lot about, you know, the numbers, they've fallen. And I, I want to get to one concept that you do have coming up, which I think is an exciting concept. Uh, but we've talked a lot about the, the haves and have nots in Ohio high school football. The competition to make money between the schools, the OHSAA, and hey, Coach, I know there might be some things you might not want to say, and that's fine, but I have to ask the question, uh, do you think that you know, the postseason expansion, the, the need to, to make the kitty, to make the money, do you think that that's have, had an effect on it? Because now I'm starting to see more and more guys where I thought there was a time where, hey, do you really need to go to some of the big private football powerhouses? And I respect them too, but do we really need to drive 30 minutes away, 40 minutes away to send our kids there when now there is YouTube, now there is guys finding them everywhere? I think it's almost gone backwards instead of forwards on that. As far as you know, feeling like you can just stay home? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. I, I, I believe when, when you have situations like the, the kid that we just graduated last year, it's proof that if you're good enough, they will find you. And like you said, there's so many avenues to find you. And I think going through the recruitment, which I had no experience with with the Division One player, was fascinating. The things that they that they cared about, and the other things that they didn't care about. It might have surprised a lot of people. At least the couple experiences that we had, and 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 some of them were with some prominent programs. I mean, he was being you know flirted with with some bigger programs. Big Ten and such, and um, you know, it was really the tape was was part of it, and the competition was part of it. But boy, it was much more getting another person, his story, his work ethic, and putting them through their own paces. At least college coaches I dealt with, it was more about once they kind of identified that player, um, you know, bringing them in and, and seeing them for themselves and what they wanted to see out of them. It was kind of a fascinating experience. And one of the things that I I, I got a little protective about because again, we go, I go to two stadiums a week. And I had this conversation with a group of parents last last fall because in the town that I live in, they really, really, really like football. Now, they might not be as, as my buddy over here. They might not be as hardcore with it as one of the, well, really two communities on the far west side over there. But they're very, very into it. They're very proud of it. Um, they've had some success here recently. And, and one of the things that I discussed it, I go, well, we got to get this back on track here with the youth program because – you want to buy in from a young young perspective, from a young age, so they'll buy in all the way. Because i, I got to tell you, Coach, one of the things that I think that does benefit us is that, you know, we're about 30 minutes away from anywhere. 
But I did see one where I, I was looking at a couple of the recruiting classes yesterday during the, the second signing day. And one of them was from my town and went to a parochial school 30 minutes away. And it ends up at a, at a D2 program, which is fine. But I'm going, couldn't have stayed in town and ended up at the same place. Like, what are we selling people on here? <laughs> Well, you got a guy from your town that is being talked about on NFL draft board. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like, I'm going, I got one guy who ended up going to Ohio State, and he's being on NFL draft boards, had a great senior day, or senior bowl, and I got another one to, hey, I don't know what the, and I don't know the people, that's why I'm keeping names out of it, and hey, glad you can go wherever you can go. Maybe they had a different set of circumstances or a, a, a different set of family values, and I don't know any about that, that's why I'm not going to sit there and, and I'm not ripping on them. But I'm thinking, no. you know, I get very protective about this stuff because I, I think that good football helps communities, especially in Northeast Ohio. And it's like, well, you know, if they can't find it here, they're going to go other places. So we need to do what we can to preserve it here. And you've done that in your community. Yeah, I mean, it, we've, we've been very blessed with being able to do that. It's not easy. Um, you know, it, it, it's you know, you're expected, you know, to kind of come out and be be good every year. And that's not always easy. And it's real testament to our kids, but there's no question that places like us, you know, probably still exist, still able to pass school levies and things in the past because of the success of the athletic programs here. There's no, there's no question. We probably would have been, you know, whitewashed away a long time ago. And I think you can see that throughout the state and some, some places. Coach Matt Adorney joining us from Magador high school. How much is the streaming aspect of things affected the, the crowds affected uh atmosphere at high school football games in the oh, area well it, it absolutely has to i mean i me myself and maybe it's because i have kids and you know, the weather gets cold and things uh, i think the streaming is big putting all the games on one night uh i know from you know there are like you said towns like Mogador and perry you know football proud towns there were several guys around town that would go watch games on the other nights when we weren't playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, our kids would go watch their buddies at other schools or other places, uh, the other league teams. Um, I, I, I really, you know, it, I, it's a shame, but I think the whole, the, at least the first couple rounds are all on Friday night. That, 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 that bothered the kids. You know, we even talked about it this year, you know, they'd like to have gone and watched, you know, so-and-so play or go see another great matchup. And, and, and they, and they were really taken away from that. The concept you've, it, it, it's not new, but you've really championed has been eight-man football. Uh, explain explain why, what made you think of it. Explain why you think it, it would be successful here and how you would make it successful if you can. Well, you know, I've, I messed around watching eight-man football things in, in Michigan for years. i got a buddy that's down in Texas, a uh, guy I graduated with, you know, and they have eight-man. Heck, they even have six-man. And I've always contended if Texas, I mean, that's as football proud a state as we are, if not more, whatever, you know, if they can do it, you know, other states ought to look at it. And I, and I just see these schools that are, that are falling apart, you know, their programs getting down in the teens and trying to play 11 man football and going out and getting their kids brains beat every night, you know, testament to those kids and coaches for doing that. But what if there was another Avenue that's still really good football? I urge people to turn on like the eight-man Michigan state championships. They're they're fun to watch. They're competitive. Um, And I know this group of schools in Northwest Ohio has been a part of it uh, that have put this together. And, you know, and I I think there's some schools, you know, there's some schools in Northeast Ohio that have never had football or haven't had it in years. You know, we've run two in basketball up around um, Ashtabule County over Trumbull County, that area. There's some schools like, you know, Badger and Bristol that have been like, you know, very good competitive basketball teams and they've never had football and, Maybe you give the opportunity to grow the sport or save some places, 
that maybe football just gets wiped away because you can't get 20, 25 kids out on a roster anymore. But if you could get 12 to 15, you can have a competitive eight man roster. And I know Southeastern Ohio's, you know, has really small rosters. Uh, and, and if it's a way to save the sport, I think maybe make the divisions, you know, my thing is I'd, I'd make a division seven. I've mentioned that before on Twitter and kind of pack the rest of us one through six maybe make that product a little better. I don't know, but I think it would give Aries a chance to, to, to hold on to what they have, or maybe even explore adding like strikers out by the, 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 the trying the, the border of Indiana and Michigan and Ohio. And they added football for the first time ever. And their people are loving it. You can look it up online. They're, they're having a blast. So, so has there, what pushback have you got from that? I've never had any pushback. I, I, I just, you know, I don't think a lot of people want to admit that, you know, what they have going on is failing. I think there's a pride thing. Certainly it would be different coaching it. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. But the few places I know, I've talked to some people from Sandusky, St. Mary's. We played them uh, before in the, in the state football playoffs. I mean, it's been like 20 years ago, but it was a way for them to keep football at a small private school um, and kind of maybe even save their school a little bit, you know, because they, they just were getting to the point where they couldn't didn't have the numbers anymore. Now they're loving it. Can football drive budgets in high school football? I mean, I, you know, we all pay attention to college football and what it does for for athletic programs. Can it do the same in high school? Because there's a reason I asked that about the eight-man, but could, but go ahead. Well, well it, it, it absolutely drives the budgets. I think anybody that's honest will tell you, you know, football, you know, boys basketball, girls basketball, some places, they're, they're the money makers, and it just – and it is what it is. And again, my kids play all sports, so I'm not knocking other sports, but that's just the reality of everywhere. Uh, much like a college, a, a place you know, like football, we, we need those five home games to have a good crowd and a good gate. So is there a possibility, take a place like Lordstown, what they haven't played since like, what, like 78 or something like that. I yeah. forget what it is. But I use them as an example because I drive through it on the way to Youngstown all the time. Take a place like Lordstown. Is there a chance... Uh, they go, okay, you know what? We're going to add eight-man football. We're going to play football for the first time in like 40 years. Is there a chance they could turn a profit with eight-man football, it's not year one, but someday down the line? Yeah, that's, that's a really good question. I, I think actually, you know, I think they're actually exploring it. I think they're one of the teams in the area that's exploring. I think, I think Chalk or someone by them is going to eight-man, and then I think I read that Lordstown is looking at adding it. They're another one of those examples I was using. Mm -hmm. I I would believe so. I would believe that with, you know, I don't know enough about finances in the the books, but I would think that they would be able to if, you know, they could start hosting home games. You know, if you you remember and you know this, you know, if you even have a marching band, those parents come to and spend money and and, uh, there's just a lot to it. What what do we do well here that we could – not just preserve, but it, but expand on in high school football. Oh, but uh, that one, that one got me. I was ready for the rest of them. What could we, uh, you know, again, I, I think they need to get more education out there about the head injury stuff. I think that's a big one. I think you've got to look at the, you know, try to connect the data between kids that are just involved in sports in general and the successes they have other places. 
you know, your kids, and I don't care what it is, your kids that are that are doing things in school tend to do better in the classroom, tend to better. And I'm not just talking sports. I'm talking all activities. Um, I, I think it's, it's, you know, even saying, you know, football or other sports numbers are down. I think when you look at schools, I would bet that most places would say they have less kids doing things in general right now, which is a totally different societal issue, but it's all part of the same, you know, kids that stay involved in things tend to do better uh, with their, with their grades tend to have better, you know, social experiences in school. What would you tell me? I mean, Owen coaches his kids and everything. What do you got? 13 sports right now? We're at 13, 13 sports. He's got coach. He's got six kids. Yeah. He coaches eight. I mean, that's, that's a lot. And they're all in, in, in sports. Ages. He's got me beat. I have four. (laughs) What do you? I have an Owen. I have an Owen. (laughs) What do you tell? What do you tell Dad? Like, I don't count, and Owen doesn't count either. All right, because we're around coaches all the time. There's a lot of dads who they because it's things have changed so much, Coach. I know you're limited on time. I'm going to get moving with you here in a second. But we all played. We're all in an age where like. Yeah, man, we played bull in the ring back in the day. And we did some things that you just can't do now. And we came from serious, hard-ass coaches. I mean, you know my high school coach was a wild man. Yes. And we, I think a lot of us feel we need to go back to some of that stuff. And I think we just end up cosplaying. I use that term, we're cosplaying as coaches, because that's what we remember. We're just trying to do right by our boys. What do you mm-hmm. what do you say to youth football coaches as a guy who's had to take care of other people's kids for quite a while now at, a, at the highest level we have here in high school? It's got to evolve a little bit with the times, you know. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say you know you you got to be easy. It, 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 you have to be firm and consistent and fair. I think ultimately that's what kids are looking for, uh, whether it's school discipline or whether it's you know sports discipline, is just to be firm, you know, fair. You're consistent with everybody. Don't play the favorites. Uh, you got to, at the, at the end of the day, I mean, you could be, you know, I think we run a tough discipline program here, but we have some fun. Don't lose, don't lose sight of that fun aspect of it. Kids need some fun. Um, yeah. Do I think some kids need a little bit of that hard edge? Absolutely. Um, you know, not to let, let's face it, you know, kids are coming from, you know, one parent homes and, and things like that. Maybe they don't have a male influence in their home, you know, and I'm not going to get in all that, but, so sometimes that coach really becomes even that much more important to maybe, you know, deliver some of that to that, that kid. And they may not understand it right at the beginning. You know, I watch on my, some of my son's teams and maybe a kid hasn't really ever, you know, been in a house with a, with a, a male, especially, you know, Ken Carmen, you're, you're kind of an intimidating dude to start, you know, <laughs> rip it into a kid. That might be the first time, you know, uh, and, and so you, you always have to take those things into consideration. These kids, you hit the nail on the head. A lot of us grew up, you know, with the, you know, the two parent homes and the working class backgrounds that a lot of our parents had. And that's just not what kids are coming from right now. So I just have to keep that in mind because kids are changing. But I, but I, I think it's fair to say you got to You got to be firm with the rules and the discipline. And it's OK to have, you know, expectations. I, I really believe these kids today. As long as it's explained to them, they want an explanation. Kids are curious today; they really are. And 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 I, I believe they'll you know they'll run through walls for you, but you've got to explain it out to them a little more. They're not just going to take your word because you're their coach. Uh, we say it all the time. I mean, I I've been here 20 years, but to some of these kids, that doesn't matter. I got to show them, you know, that I'm in it for them and that that I respect them, and there's going to be this mutual respect and trust. Hey, coach, for a high school program, what's more important? Would would you think 
Is it the youth program and building kind of a, almost like a feeder or a farm system to try to get those kids to high school? Or is it the booster club who's doing all the things behind the scenes? And I know they're both, they both play a vital role in keeping oh, these. Yeah, they're integrated. Look, I, we've had a tradition, you know, and I guess this is a perfect time to say this. And we had a youth coach here. He just passed away. Two of his sons are on my staff last year. They all coached me. You know, Bill Rosado Sr. was his name. He he passed away. He he had 51 years in Mogador youth uh, football. He coached the 7th and 8th grade level, what we used to have down there, for like 45 of those years. Um, and he he is a direct link. What he represented, how he was to the success of Mogador football over the years. I mean, it's impossible to understate, you know, the value of having a good, strong youth system. And we were very fortunate that a lot of times we were on the same page doesn't have to always be the same plays you know i think a lot gets over made of that i mean it's nice if you can know the plays but i think if you look at what uh coach liberty's got going on in kirtland they're following the same blueprint right now those kids are ready to be hornets by the time they get there and um i think he would tell you the exact same thing so i i'm i'm always gonna side with with how important youth is creating a good experience you want kids to want to play for the high school team you want them to love the game and it's getting harder to find people that can do that uh, but, uh, you know, we're so blessed we had guys like him that we're able to do that. Coach, you're wonderful. Seriously glorious. Thank you very much for the time. Oh, thank you, guys. I appreciate your attention and focus and love of the sport. Yes, sir. Thank you. Coach. Thank you. Coach Matt Adorney joining us on the hotline to talk about everything with high school football. That's the first of the back room. Next week, we'll figure it out. I got a couple irons in the fire, but I don't want to tell anybody. We're brought to you by Extend Technologies. You know, I could do that podcast for another three hours. Oh, yeah, I know. I know. But I know Lima couldn't. Right. He will He will well, one day. It's, it's kind of fun watching him yeah. go from, I remember when I first got the job on the morning show and I'd come in and my kids were at the age that your kids are now, right? Yeah. And so I'd come in and go, oh, we spent last week in a gym for however many hours and you could see the look on his face of like, I could care less mm-hmm. about what you're saying right now and now it's starting to, which is starting to roll for him which is weird because like when it comes to basketball like I'm, I'm a football guy he's a basketball guy you and I, I mean you're a wrestling and football guy and well you I mean you coach everything so I, I can't I can't just put you in a box there um it's weird because when I coach Axel's baseball team I'm, I'm much different like I am very yeah. passive it's all I'm keeping score and everything like this uh, when it comes to the football team. I've been made the director of football operations. Oh. I come up with the practice plans now. I'm working with the high school on what practice plans should, plans should look like. I have You want to know how nutty I am? I have an idea where I'm, I'm, I want to get a volunteer, a parent, maybe a team mom, to stand in the middle of the field with an air horn. Because <laughs> I go, we only got 90 minutes with them a couple of days oh. a week. Now, we have... I don't have the same situation. We have way more teams than you guys have over there, right? Yeah, oh yeah, you guys got, we what, do, seven? We got we one. We do basically a combine the first week of practice where we end up drafting teams, and if you had a team last year, it stays, and then you bring new kids into it, right? Mm-hmm. But that first week, that's me. I'm the guy standing in the middle of the field with the whistle with my stopwatch and blowing that whistle. you got to have help. Well, what he said, what he said is, and I don't want to get too off track here, what he said is right where – I think I told you we had four fourth graders on Axel's team last year. I mean, the yeah, rest we had not very many on we, a third and fourth grade football had, team. We started with twenty-one kids. It went to nineteen. Uh, you know what? No, it got to twenty. Yeah, one kid. Long story. Um, four of them 
were fourth graders. That's all third graders. And I looked and I go, it's got to, it had to be COVID. It had to be COVID because I remember when they were starting like sports again. Yeah. It was like, oh, yeah, we got to do this. Oh, yeah, we got like, and I think for some people, they just get used to not having it. Right. And so and I, I do think that there was a change because I got Axel involved in little, 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 little T-ball when he was like th- four or three in North Ridgeville. And then we moved here. COVID immediately happened. And it changed everything where there's like a missed season. And so I think it, I think some people kind of got used to it. But, you know, my whole goal was like, all right, how many kids do you guys have on each team? So we played third and fourth grade. We play seven on seven. So we had like 15 okay. on each team. Yeah, we're playing 11 on 11. So that's different. And that's tough. Yeah, we have fifth and sixth is 11 on 11. Yeah. They have 20 on each team. Because yeah. And I, I kind of wanted to, and I should have thrown this by him. Like that California bill, I know that there's... There's low income right. families and there's low income uh there's low income communities that are affected by that. I'm sensitive to that, so I want to read more about it. But it's it it's to the point where it's like I don't want to lose so many kids. I don't know if I want to make it a law where they don't tackle until 12, 12 years old, but if it helps bring kids out, like I, I think it needs to be considered. Because I, I I want to be able to preserve the high school stuff, because my son running into people, hey, it's he gets to wear a helmet, that's great, you get to do all the fun stuff. But also, I, I, I get to see, and I go, all right, is this going to really help him for the future? Maybe it will. Yeah. Maybe because you're playing in the uniform, you're playing in the stuff, you're wearing technically the same stuff the Browns do on Sunday. Like, maybe that helps. Maybe it does. Like, there, I still have more questions than I have answers about it because we, we've just started. Right. Like, I think my goal, I, w- I think we can get up to almost 30 kids this coming year if we work at it. But my goal would be to eventually get to the point where, like, there were a couple of communities and you get a little jealous where they had one community we played, and they should be proud of it. I mean, they had a they had a gold team and a blue team. There was another community that had a had two teams. There was one community they they traveled at different times. They had right. a fourth grade team and a third grade team. And I go, you know, you you lose you lose a year, and man, you lose a ton. So that's kind of what we're kind of working with. And I. I do. I see the difference with the haves and the have-nots on Fridays, and I don't know with the way the things are winning with the OHSAA, I don't know if it's ever going to go back. I think college football and the transfer portal, the recruiting, I think it's affected down the line. I, I think that parents look at it and they don't know if it's necessarily worth the investment of their time and possibly injury and things like that like they used to. So, there's again, there's a lot more questions than I think I have answers, and I, I got to go to a guy who's battling it on the front lines every day in high school. That's that's what I got to do. Yeah, I think those guys, um, and it was cool to have Matt on and get and get that insight of exactly what his program has had to do. A guy that's been doing it for twenty years now. Uh, the community aspect is so big. I have a ton of. We could do, like I said, we could do two more hours. We'll talk off air about that. But I've been fortunate enough to be a part of a wrestling program now. That when our head coach moved into town, we had like six kids on the varsity team. Mm-hmm. I got 112 just in the youth program now. <laughs> yeah, that's and, a, that's uh, a ton. And it and it really is. First off, it takes winning. You got to win. If you win and you make that environment that like that's the standard. But there are ways to get there. But just seeing um, the way, it's such a bigger thing than just playing the sport. You're living in a town where you know I'm living in a town where I plan on my children. If they want to raise a family there, yeah. it's a it's a town that I'd be happy that they'd raise a family there. So for me right now, I love football. I love wrestling. Those are the two that I'm the most involved with. 
I coach a travel baseball team, all that, but I don't care about the sports right now. I'm caring about, are we building that community up for when my kids are raising kids and Mm -hmm. now I get to come back and visit my grandkids there. It's a huge big picture thing that is more than sports to me, but hearing a guy like Matt and talk about 20 years in a community already. He grew up there too, right? So, Oh yeah. No, he's I been, mean, he's been coaching 30 years right. and he played there. Like it's, it's a whole thing. Like Mogador. Have you ever been through Mogador? Uh, one time I think for baseball. Yeah. It, yeah. It's a really cool little town. Like it, it's, it's very interesting. Like it, it's almost hidden in a valley. It seems. And I've always, I, I've only been there a couple of times. I've really enjoyed it. I like that type of thing. I do. I, I think it's just a, a Norman Rockwell painting on most places. Like, you know, you got a place like Maslin, that's a factory. Right. Um, and, and what they do is very unique and very interesting and very cool. Uh, you have places like, and I, I, I don't mean this in, in any sort of way to start anything. I think that what Avon has done has been great. I think what, what Avon Lake has done has been great. But I also... I just really like the coolness of, all right, I finally got to go to Kirtland and see Kirtland. Well, I mean, uh, that's where I grew I grew up in one of those towns. Yeah, you know? yeah. 900 people lived there. I went, played for a state championship on a team with 18 kids. I mean. That's awesome. That's pretty crazy when, yes. you, when you really reflect, reflect on it. But then last week I was in Avon's gym and I saw Final Four, Final Four, Final Four, state runner-up, state runner you know. And in, in what they did, just I see when I saw, I didn't, I've never seen Avon play live until they played North Ridgeville last year. And I looked out, I go, this is a sea of kids. Holy shirt. They just kept coming out of the locker room. And then they stood on the field. I go, this is an army. This is, I, I go, this is why. Because once you see it, it's it's not hard, man. Like, yeah, you got you got to have some athletes. you got to have some really talented players, obviously. But you got to have numbers, man. And I'm looking at going, holy cow. And then I looked over there, and I, I remember going to a Ridgeville game when we lived there. And I obviously remember the Ridgeville game I saw just this last fall. And it looked like they had better numbers. And they're going to have better numbers because I that place is about to be the mentor of the west side. How big the housing. Ridgeville. Yeah, yeah how big Ridgeville is about to be. And I think that there is a, there is a certain level of pride that you get from high school football games in America that I, I just, it's, it's hard to replicate it in any other activity. No offense to any other activity. If you're a high school basketball fan or anything like that, I mean, no offense to you. Uh, I'm sure in Indiana, they would have something different to say, but we've gone over that history before. Uh, it just, it, it does, it does seem to, to really bring up the pride with everybody involved, but either way, I'm going to get the hell out of here. Okay. Okay. So, all right, coming up next Thursday, it's going to be a good one. We'll do it. Thank you very much. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 